The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak here for this Thursday, the 16th of March in London. Coming up today... Reaching for a lifeline, Credit Suisse taps up to $54 billion of central bank funding. Shock and aftershock. Financial stocks take a hammering as Credit Suisse shares plunge. No such thing as a sure thing. Traders slash bets on a half-point hike at today's ECB meeting. A canary in the coal mine. Too big to save and the price of cheap money. That's how top financiers have been reacting to the big story of the day and Leanne Gerrans. And as money managers kept their eyes glued to the terminal, the Chancellor's attention was elsewhere. We'll bring you details of Jeremy Hunt's first budget. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm Stephen Carroll. And I'm Caroline Hepke. Here are the stories that we're following today. Credit Suisse has tapped Switzerland's central bank for as much as 50 billion francs from a liquidity facility as it tries to stem a crisis of confidence that sent shockwaves across the global financial system. The troubled lender is also making a tender offer to buy back up to 3 billion dollars of dollar, uh, 3 billion francs of dollar and euro denominated debt. The announcement follows a frantic trade accession that alarmed regulators across Europe and the US and and prompted some firms to reassess their exposure to Credit Suisse. Despite all of that, Saxo Bank's CEO Kim Fournier says this isn't like 2008. I don't think it's a Lehman moment, by the way. I think that, that the, this is really bad, and of course it can get out of control, but I don't think that, that central banks or anyone else can just sit and watch this. That was Saxo Bank's CEO Kim Fournier speaking to Bloomberg a little bit earlier. Well, the turmoil surrounding Credit Suisse dates back years, but it was a Bloomberg interview that sent it into a full-blown crisis. Speaking to our colleague Yusuf Gamal El-Din, the chairman of the troubled lender's largest shareholder, Saudi National Bank, was asked if they would be injecting in any more cash. Have a listen to the response. The answer is absolutely not, for many reasons, outside the simplest reason, which is regulatory and statutory. We now own 9.8% of the bank. If we go above 10%, all kinds of new rules kick in, whether it be by our regulator or the European regulator or the Swiss regulator, and we're not inclined to get into a new regulatory regime. Well, it was those comments by Saudi National Bank Chairman Amar Abdul Wahid al Qudarai that seemed to spark that huge sell-off at the bank. Shares slumped as much as 31% in Zurich trading, while Credit Suisse bonds fell to levels that warned of deep financial crisis. 
Meanwhile, the European Central Bank's plans may be upended. According to Bloomberg Economics, Christine Lagarde will probably engineer a 25 basis point hike today, foregoing earlier guidance of a half-point move. It comes as the governing council grapples with the Credit Suisse fallout. Bloomberg's Maria Tadeo has the details. Now, the European Central Bank is expected to unveil its latest monetary policy decision against a backdrop of market volatility following the collapse of the Silicon Valley Bank and amplified by fears around the future of Credit Suisse. Now, the question going into this meeting, and this is really the core of the issue, is will the European Central Bank stick to its very well-guided, very well-calibrated 50 basis points hike that was expected today or actually go for a softer hike of 20? Five basis points given the volatility in the European banking sector. In Frankfurt, Maria Tadeo, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Now, bond traders scrambled to change how they were pricing rate paths around the world. In the US, two-year Treasury yields plummeted as much as 54 basis points to 3.71%. That is the lowest level since mid-September. And German two-year yields fell 48 basis points in a day, the most on record. Bob Michael, JP Morgan's CIO, thinks that the Fed and the ECB now need to change their plans. I think with Credit Suisse on the table, they will pause. I think they should pause. I think hiking rates, either the ECB hiking rates this week or the Fed hiking rates next week has the potential to be the greatest gaffe since the ECB hiked rates in June 2008. So that was JP Morgan CIO Bob Michael there. Well, rates have been moving so quickly that trading was briefly halted in a key corner of the US interest rate market yesterday as futures contracts soared through circuit breakers. Bloomberg understands that San Francisco-based First Republic Bank is exploring strategic options, including a sale. The lender was cut to junk by S&P and Fitch yesterday. Depositors may have no choice but to return to Silicon Valley Bank. Startups with loans from the collapsed lender were often required to keep all or a portion of their cash with it. And if those covenants are broken, they could be considered in default. Now, uh, to the UK, the Chancellor of the Exchequer, Jeremy Hunt, says that the British economy will avoid a recession this year. In his budget speech, Hunt set out plans to boost growth and productivity. But critics say that scrapping the lifetime allowance on pension savings at a cost of £1.1 billion means giving rich people £75,000 per person in annual tax breaks. Here is Jeremy Hunt speaking to the Commons yesterday. Today, the Office for Budget Responsibility forecasts that because of changing international factors and the measures I take, the UK will not now enter a technical recession this year. They forecast we will meet the Prime Minister's priorities to halve inflation, reduce debt and get the economy growing. We are following the plan and the plan is working. The Chancellor Jeremy Hunt there, despite his optimistic words and fiscal loosening, it came as the UK remains the only country in the G7 not to recover its pre-pandemic level of GDP. Right, those are a few of our top stories this morning. You and I were here actually covering the budget yesterday, live Mm. on Bloomberg Radio, budget 2023, as the Credit Suisse crisis was ramping up and, and starting to dominate markets. 
But I sort of want to kind of wrap up our ideas around the budget. Um, in terms of the money to shield households from energy prices and childcare costs, uh, George Buckley, who's the chief UK economist at Nomura, he talks about the stimulus as not being peanuts. I thought that was quite interesting. We went into the UK budget thinking that the Chancellor wouldn't have that much to give away, but actually he did give quite a bit um, for childcare, for energy bills, but also for pensions, and that's the bit that has been most controversial. Yeah, I mean, is is this a giveaway to a key Tory constituency? The question being asked by some critics of that uh, move on pensions to uh, scrap the lifetime allowance entirely, essentially allowing people to be able to put much more into their pensions over a lifetime uh, without being penalised for tax purposes. Uh, the, the question being asked by some market watchers is what does this mean for the Bank of England? Is mm. that stimulus going to make their calculations more difficult when it comes to interest rate hikes as well? At a time when we have this global backdrop of so much turmoil uh, in the banking system as well. Of course, Credit Suisse being our main focus today, um, but it's interesting to pick up on some of those threads from the budget as well to get an idea of how those uh, stories are playing out mm. as well. The T-Live blog on the terminal gives you all the latest on what's happening at Credit Suisse too. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Yeah, so let's get the latest developments then. Tim Craighead, Senior European Equity Strategist at Bloomberg Intelligence, is joining us now for more. So look, I mean, what's happened at Credit Suisse also making central banks uh, rethink. But start off just by explaining to us the, the difficulties at Credit Suisse have been lo- known for quite a long time. So what is it about the comments from the top shareholder yesterday, speaking to Bloomberg, that actually triggered the crisis, Tim? Um, I- if I if I knew that for sure, um, <laughs> I'd, I'd probably be on a beach somewhere. Uh, but in 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 reality, I think it's just simply a, a symptom of the time that we're in. That we've got a very fragile sentiment in the marketplace. Um, I mean, if you take what he said, there's there's no huge surprise in that. Um, but Credit Suisse clearly has had issues. Um, there's been ongoing concern. Look at where it's trading on a price-to-book value basis. It's 0.2 times. That's that's where Deutsche Bank bottomed. It's where Morgan Stanley bottomed back in the financial crisis. You know, this is, you know, exceedingly low. And, you know, if you, if you look at what's going on with its credit um, uh, exposure, you know, the CDSs have exploded, which in part might reflect concern with Credit Suisse, even though their capital ratios actually remain solid. Um, but it, it seems that uh, this is the bank and this is the credit that hedge, that hedge funds or other concerned investors are using as the, um, as the, the vehicle to um, uh, sort of uh, voice concerns about you know, the overall banking situation. We continue to think 
that we will get through this? Um, is this more like a an, uh, a long term credit situation or uh, the SNL situation back in the 1980s in the U.S. or is it a financial global financial crisis? We don't think it's the latter. We think it's more more specific than this. And okay. not to keep, yeah, not to keep going. But the issue with Credit Suisse that I think is important to note uh, is that, as you well said, this has been going on for some time. Um, they've restructured their business, but more importantly, banks with their relationships with Credit Suisse have restructured. There's not the counterparty risk that would have happened a couple of years ago had this come out of the blue. Will then, given that context, will this move from the Swiss National Bank be enough to calm fears over Credit Suisse's future? I mean, you mentioned that the CT1 ratio of 14.1% is, is miles apart from what we were looking at in 2008. Yeah, it, it is. And it's, it's, it's actually miles apart from where even Credit Suisse's was only you know, several quarters ago. You know, it, it's, it's better. Um, I think we, day by day, hour by hour, we're likely to continue to see volatility. It, it, it's, it's a sloppy market right now as we have waxing and waning sentiment revolving around central bank policy, whether it's the ECB or the Fed or the BOE. Um, and that jerks around valuations. Um, and so, from that perspective, it wouldn't surprise me to see European markets, as futures are now indicating, you know, bounce back to the degree that we've seen regulators, national banks, uh, central banks, uh, come out with supportive um, comments, uh, and and that's quite critical. What we can't project is what do individuals or firms with deposits with Credit Suisse decide to do. Um, you know, with SVB, there there wasn't really a problem. Until there was, and you know, deposits you know can be somewhat fragile. Now that was an extreme situation because of the nature of their deposit base, which was so far out of the park relative to any other bank. And I certainly wouldn't suggest that Credit Suisse is anywhere like that. But mm. you know, that's going to be the news flow that we're going to have to suffer with for the next several days as this settles. Yes. Yeah, I want to bring in at this point, of course, um, the statement of the Credit Suisse CEO, Ulrich Kerner, because when we had this announcement uh, of the help from the Swiss National Bank, uh, the $54 billion, there was a statement and he said this, the measures demonstrate decisive action to strengthen Credit Suisse as we continue our strategic transformation. My team and I are resolved to move forward to rapidly deliver a simpler and more focused bank built around client needs. So that is the view of Ulrich Kerner very much sticking to the view that it is about the transformation of the bank. But as you say, Tim, what could happen today? What should we be watching out for now today as Europe prepares to open? I mean, you've got to bear in mind, you had three US banks in the last week to 10 days that have collapsed. I know that, that we're not saying that that is the big concern around Credit Suisse, but what should we be watching today? Yeah, I mean, look, I think I do think Credit Suisse is a totally different situation. You know, SVB, you know, clearly had a really strange deposit base um, with nothing that was stable, um, and a, a, a lending book that was very different and focused on a, a fragile group um, that is constantly drawing down funds. Um, so there was an, a natural mismatch, and the same thing could be said about Signature in ways with its crypto exposure. You know. 
this situation with Credit Suisse, they do have a very interesting plan um, from the standpoint of uh, pulling out the investment bank and refocusing um, on the core wealth business and cutting costs. And yeah, as he said, it takes time to execute, and there's nothing he can really do about day-by-day sentiment. Mm. I do think that the announcements from the standpoint of government central banks in terms of support and drawing a line in the sand so that people shouldn't feel that there is risk of keeping money there is what's critical. What we can't tell is what will be the flow. Good news, they had inflows in January, um, which is the latest stats that at least I'm aware of. Um, it will be quite telling as that data comes. It, you know, we're, we're fond mm. of saying central banks are data dependent in ways this is going to be a data dependent situation as well. Okay, Tim, thank you very much for joining us. Tim Craighead there, Senior European Equity Strategist at Bloomberg Intelligence. Uh, great to get your view on that. There have been plenty of reaction, of course, to the developing story around Credit Suisse and some of the biggest names in finance. Leanne Gerens has been looking through uh, some of the reaction. Good morning to you, Leanne. Take us through some of the commentary that, that you've read and, and the people that you've been speaking to. Yes, indeed, Stephen. Good morning to you. And I just want to pick up on something that Bloomberg Senior Euro Area Economist David Powell has said. Is Credit Suisse too big to to fail, maybe, but it's actually too big to ignore. So, as you know, we are discussing it today. And when rates rise quickly, things get broken. Now, that is a sentiment from Danny Blanchflower and Larry Fink. Speaking to me yesterday, Danny Blanchflower, a former Bank of England policymaker, told me confidence in banks is fragile and it seems this has been in the offering for a little while. Central banks raising rates around the world without a clear reason was always going to create another financial Mm. crisis, says Blanche Flower. And BlackRock's Larry Fink, Caroline, speaking to Bloomberg, noted that the banking crisis could worsen, worrying aloud about cracks in the financial system that formed during more than a decade of easy money and also of these low interest rates. And the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank has really brought financial stability um, concerns back to the forefront. If we have a look at that, you remember SVV just unravelled yes. so quickly last week. And Bridgewater Associates Ray Dalio is expecting problems to start mounting in the fallout from contractions in the debt and credit markets, but says the recent failure of Silicon Valley Bank was just a canary in the coal mine. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, The promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, 
OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.